Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into a consistent income. But today we have a guest where we're not talking about retirement. We are talking about the end of retirement, which is more along the lines of estate planning. We have Bethany Canfield here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. Yeah, glad you can make it out. We've known each other for a little while now, and you've been working with some of our clients to help them with their estate plans. And I think maybe one of the first questions people have is, what is estate planning? Sure. So estate planning is essentially taking preventative steps towards certain goals. You have things that you want to accomplish. You need to take some steps now to accomplish those things at a later date when they're needed. So it's a very proactive area of law. And uh, that those goals can range from you know, tax planning, retirement planning, as charitable planning, anything of that nature. And we put, I've got a section on my website called estate planning. That's one of the things we help people make sure that they, they take care of. We don't draft the documents. That's something that you do right. and come in as the expert. And I wrote down there that we have two goals. One is to protect you and your spouse in case bad things happen. And number two, to make your inheritance as easy and tax efficient as possible. How does that sound? That's great. Uh, it's a wonderful place to start. And whenever we're talking about that first goal, protecting you and your spouse, it in case bad situations happen, there's different types of protection we're dealing with. That typically means during life. And so when we're protecting you and your spouse during life, we're talking about what happens if I'm in a hot air balloon accident? Who's gonna make sure my bills are getting paid or who's gonna make my healthcare decisions if I can't do that? And there are documents that you can do called powers of attorney, one's for health and one's for finance, which will give you those protections, someone who can make those decisions if you can't, making sure that when you get out of the hospital, there's not a foreclosure sign on your home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had someone uh, just email me yesterday. Oddly enough, we were on a call together and you were talking to this client about how there are more than one documents out there. There's a lot of different documents that you might need. While we were on the call, I get an email that says, who do you know can help me write a will? And I'm thinking, okay, it's a lot more complicated than yep. just one will that what should people be looking at when they're thinking of estate planning or, or right. documents? So we look at the term estate plan. It's really an umbrella term because when we look at the various goals that you have, no one document does everything. And so an estate plan is a collection of documents, each fitting into those goals. So powers of attorney for health and finance are the beginning. A will is also an important document. The will is an end of life document where you would name guardians for minor children. Also, included in a comprehensive estate plan where a goal is identified of avoiding probate. That is the process by which your stuff passes to your loved ones at your passing. That's a court process. And a lot of families have the desire to avoid that because it's expensive, it's slow, and it's all public record. And so if probate avoidance is one of your goals, another document that's part of your plan is a revocable living trust. A trust is a document similar to a will in that it also 
also names who you want to administer your assets when you're gone, who you want to receive those assets. But instead of being probated through the court, a trust is administered by the people of your choosing, your trustees. And so those four documents, powers of attorney for health and finance, that backup will, and the revocable living trust are going to be the cornerstone of all estate plans. For some reason, I'm feeling as if today's going to be a lot of me talking about some stories I've heard people say sure. to us, yeah. and I'll just have you comment on them because it's just interesting. A yeah. lot of misconceptions uh, on there. Yeah, there's a lot of bad information, and a big problem is because we're a community property state, it's very easy for assets to pass to a surviving spouse. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of clients look at anecdotal stories as the rule instead mm -hmm. of the exception. Also, estate planning is if something goes wrong. That's when you wanted the plan to exist. But of course, if everything is sunshine and rainbows and your family never experiences any adversity, maybe you become the exception uh, to the rule, which is have a quality estate plan. Exactly. And here we are in Wisconsin. You're talking about Wisconsin being the marital property state. Right. Probably have about half our listeners outside of Wisconsin. And oh, really? they have different things to think about. Oh, yeah. Totally uh, than different. Just that. Yeah. There are actually only nine community property states. Mm -hmm. So very different in the way that we handle title and ownership in our state. Mm -hmm. One shows why when life changes, maybe a move and you need mm -hmm. to have somebody local take a look at your estate plan. Someone that's an expert in that state's laws. It's not just the US, but it's the, the state laws. Absolutely, estate planning is a function of uh, each individual state. And so I'm licensed in the state of Wisconsin, that's my expertise, but we are actually an island. So Illinois, Michigan, Minnesota are all going to be considered common law states. Mm -hmm. It's actually interesting. Historically, most of your community property states would have started as colonies of Spain and France. Mm -hmm. And everywhere else would have been the English colonies. Yeah. Wisconsin switched over. We are the only state to have done so hmm. in 1986. We were originally common law and then adopted uh, community property or marital property in 1986. We learned some legal history here today. I think it really helps clients understand the importance of keeping their documents updated mm -hmm. because things change. Yeah, that's a huge change 30 yeah. some years ago. Yeah, I, I imagine change. there's some people listening that have wills and documents that are before 1986. Yes, I'm sure that that's accurate. And just as kind of a quick rule of thumb, any documents that are older than 2010 mm -hmm. really need to be updated. There was a very large change in the financial power of attorney statutes at that time. Yep. And so while, of course, there have been changes since then, this one was so large that even my own documents, I'm suggesting updates. Yeah. For sure. This is going to be fun because we uh, planned out a lot of things to talk about. I'm wondering if we'll even get to there because I got some things to go through, which would be sure. Fun to you do. go right ahead. Yep. I've, I've got everything here. Yeah, you know what you're talking about. So we any can, order we can go you want to go in. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, we had somebody just recently, they said they wanted a trust. Mm -hmm. And a common question I'll ask is, well, what makes you want to trust? What, what brought that up? Mm -hmm. And the response was, well, all the reasons people want to trust. And I said, well, do you mind listing those out? And she said, well, obviously to avoid taxes and avoid money going to a nursing home. And I just kept thinking, oh my goodness, there's some education needs to be happened there. You probably get that question right. or response situation a lot. 
Absolutely. How would you go about that? So a lot of families, it, all of this is word of mouth, right? So-and-so had a trust and it worked out really well, or this is what it was for. But we really need to rewind from that and say, what kind of trust did they have? There are lots of different types of trusts. There are four words that are really important. And of course, they're going to be the opposites of each other. So mm -hmm. you have your revocable trusts and irrevocable trusts. And revocable trusts do not protect assets from the nursing home. Mm -hmm. So if that's one of your goals, you need more than basic estate planning. You need mm -hmm. to be looking at that irrevocable side of things. And then the other words are a living trust. That's a trust that you create during your life or a testamentary trust. And that trust is created after your death through your will. Mm -hmm. So that's important because if your goal is to avoid probate, a testamentary trust does not accomplish that right. as it is through the will and wills are probated. So uh, you're right on the money with what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. uh, that tax savings, uh, we do use that as an explanation for why a revocable trust is valuable. Mm -hmm. But in the same breath, I explain to clients, nothing that we're doing with the revocable trust is this magic wand of tax savings. Mm -hmm. Rather, it's the creation of our relationship by having confidence in your estate plan, by having confidence in your financial team, your or estate planning attorney, the ability to pick up the phone and ask questions as you're out in the world mm -hmm. and you hear so-and-so said this, what do you think? That is where the tax efficiency comes from because so many clients act on the advice of lay people. So-and-so mm -hmm. retitled their home to their son to save it from the nursing home. Mm -hmm. That is a very sophisticated transaction, despite how simple it does appear. Mm -hmm. And those transactions have negative tax consequence. Right. And that's where having a good estate plan, having a good team is actually going to help you save taxes mm -hmm. because you're not going to engage in that Band-Aid estate planning. Well, there's so many things that are out there and if you are so focused on one area, you think, oh my goodness, I need to get this house to my kids and not have it eligible to be used for nursing home costs. Well, that might be accomplished in one way. And then all of a sudden you're owing a whole bunch more taxes in another way. If you are so focused on one area, you're just oftentimes opening yourself up to so many different other risks that are right. out there. Exactly. I really like the, the mill pond analogy. You throw a stone over there, you get ripples over here. Mm -hmm. And so every transaction has some repercussions and it's for us to really explain and educate so clients mm -hmm. can make good decisions. Yeah. And you had mentioned uh, testamentary and living trust. I find a lot of times uh, people call in, they might say, oh, I'm the executor and my mom's in the hospital. I need to get a handle of her investments. Mm -hmm. Or I'm the POA, power of attorney, and dad passed away. I need to claim those those investments. How do we go about doing that? Yeah. And I imagine... You're, you're, I can see it. You're, you're real spinning right now. <laughs> the, the jaw clenching. Absolutely. And we understand. I mean, our clients aren't lawyers. They don't understand uh, that various terminology is not 
consistent there. Mm -hmm. uh, powers of attorney die with the principal. So the person who created that mom and dad, if they pass away, those documents are now garbage, which is exactly why we need end of life documents mm -hmm. such as the trust itself, uh, a will to pass the baton over who has authority over assets and can get information because that's gone as soon as mom and dad have passed. And then in your first example, an executor doesn't have any authority until mom and dad are gone. Mm -hmm. And then in Wisconsin, we have replaced the word executor with personal representative. But guess what? Hollywood keeps using executor. Yep. And so and a lot of states still do. So depending on where your clients are or what movie they've seen recently, right. uh, they might get confused by the extra use of personal personal representative and then to make it even more confusing trustee right because you can be a successor trustee during mom and dad's life if they become incapacitated or decide to resign you can have a living parent mm -hmm. who is still the beneficiary of their own trust but you're serving as trustee and power of attorney because power of attorney is only going to be over personal assets mm -hmm. assets that are titled in mom or dad's name whereas the trustee is going to have authority over trust assets mm -hmm. and so there's just a lot of precision in the language that we need to use and it can be very overwhelming for people to navigate on their own yeah, for sure. Well, I think we've talked about definitely how complicated things can get, how you definitely need some sort of expert to help walk you through. And first, they'll understand what the goals are mm -hmm. so that they can bring in uh, the document types to make it happen. I feel like a lot of times clients do all this research and then all of a sudden decide, I need this one particular product or account or document and that's going to solve everything. Right. And our advice is, why don't you just think more about what are your goals? What is it you want to have accomplished? Mm -hmm. And let the experts decide and advise you on what's the best way to make that happen. And that's exactly the advice that your clients need. My dad, he's a very handy person and he could build a house from floor to ceiling and everything in between. But he has always given me the advice that there are two people in construction that you always hire, electrician and a plumber. Mm -hmm. You never do your own work, even if you can. And the same is true when it comes to financial advising, accounting, and legal mm -hmm. work. Because Absolutely. it's such a, a complex, sophisticated area, and it changes all of the time. To your point about kind of the self-diagnosis, right? Mm -hmm. We don't walk into the doctor's office and say, hey, give me heart surgery, mm -hmm. right? We say, oh, these are my symptoms. They run some tests, and then we get to the result. And estate planning is the same. You come in with what are you trying to accomplish? I can then learn more about your situation, diagnose it, mm -hmm. and recommend a course of action. And that's what the estate plan does. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we keep talking about this estate plan. What should a basic estate plan, what should it look like? A basic estate plan should include powers of attorney for health and finance. Those are going to protect during your life, avoiding guardianship if you become incapacitated. All of our estate plans include a revocable living trust designed to avoid probate, be tax efficient, and protect what you leave behind for your children or your beneficiaries. And we're going to have backup wills. Those wills are designed mm -hmm. to name guardians for minor children. 
for getting rid of any old wills you may have created in the past that are inconsistent with your new plan. And simply by existing, this backup will is going to support your trust and make sure that your wishes are ultimately fulfilled. Mm -hmm. If we have a married couple, the final document we would include in there is a marital property agreement. It's not a prenup. I don't care if you've been married for six months or 60 years. It is a, a necessary document in the state of Wisconsin. It is just very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. And so those are the big five. So it's marital property agreement. Tell me more about that. What, what does it really say? Well, a marital property agreement is embracing the community property laws of the state of Wisconsin and saying, hey, Half of everything that's mine is yours. Half of everything that's yours is mine and vice versa. We're opting in. And gotcha. that's going to be the basics. Of course, families is a contract between spouses. You can customize that in any way. But that's your default for your average family. Mm -hmm. That marital property agreement serves two main goals. First, by embracing the community property laws, there are some tax efficiencies mm -hmm. that come with that. But more importantly is... It serves as a safety net. Our statutes allow the marital property agreement to serve as a funding document. What funding is, is getting your assets to work with your trust. Mm -hmm. And by having the correct language in your marital property agreement, you can, even after you're gone, use that agreement to pull assets into the trust and make sure mm -hmm. we accomplish that primary directive of avoiding probate. Yeah, there's no point to the trust document if nothing actually goes into it. <laughs> and that's such a good point. We really look at funding as the most important step when mm -hmm. it comes to estate planning because creating the documents doesn't do any good if you don't use them. And taking advantage of beneficiary designations, pay-on-death designations, or transfer-on-death designations mm -hmm. to utilize your trust instead of going to direct beneficiaries gives you a lot more control. Mm -hmm. And it's going to centralize your administration where all of the assets are pulled into the trust through the use of those beneficiary designations that trustee will make all of the various claims of the financial institutions, pay your final expenses, mm -hmm. and then work with your beneficiaries on distribution according to your wishes. And that centralization is a huge benefit of this type of planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, especially on the trust side of it. I was mildly against trust for a long time. And I think it had a lot to do with, I was more of a connection to a financial services company where, oh my goodness, if you had life insurance or IRAs or mutual funds, everything passed through beneficiary so incredibly easy. Mm -hmm. And then we kept hearing about how hard it was to pass money through houses and bank accounts and things like that. And I thought, what is the deal with these, you know, title companies and the governments and banks, why can't they just be as efficient as us here with uh, life insurance and mutual funds and IRAs and just do everything through beneficiaries? Right. And so that was my thought for the longest time, just do everything that you can through beneficiaries. And then of course, doing more in the retirement planning, financial planning, advising, and talking more with attorneys like yourself, I realized, yeah, you're never going to fix the way that the houses and the the banks especially, deal their, with their own paperwork. But you could just have the payable on death go to a, a trust. Right. And that makes it a lot easier. Yes. That real estate is one of the largest problems when it comes to probate because mm -hmm. 
You're right. Beneficiary designations are on most assets, and it's even becoming more common on bank accounts and things of that nature. But you're always going to be limited by that financial institution software, right. what options they give you on those beneficiary designations. And you don't have those limitations when it comes to your trust. It can be as specific as you want it to be. And once you go through the, the funding process and have your trust on the assets, you really only have to do that the one time. Right. So if you ever want to change who your beneficiaries are, you can do that in one place with your mm -hmm. trust and not have to go to all the financial institutions again to make that change. And that is one of the, the huge benefits of beneficiary designations to the trust instead of to a direct beneficiary, mm -hmm. uh, because it's easy for you during your life. Right. The other big advantage of using the trust as a, a conduit or a middleman, there's a pause. Mm -hmm. Hey, little Timmy, is there any reason you can't take the gift that mom and dad have left for you? And that creditor protection for the beneficiaries includes a, a wide gambit of options, uh, divorce, financial mm -hmm. instability, the loss of a job, a home, bankruptcy, we're all one car accident away from being special needs or on right. government assistance, medical bills being number one of the number one reasons that we have bankruptcy cases. And then we can get into situations where maybe we've got minor children or people with substance abuse problems, people who mm -hmm. are just bad with money. And the trust protects against all of the what ifs, right. whereas a beneficiary designation direct to an individual, with your last breath, it became that person, right. unless they're going to disclaim, which is unlikely in mm -hmm. certain situations. And there's a lot of situations where they don't even have that choice. Yeah, we, uh, we're part of an IRA, IRA I guess a mastermind group is a way to talk about it. And they go through all these different horror stories to just show how ridiculous it can get. And it's it sounds like a story when you're hearing it, but if you're actually living it and to say, oh my goodness, out of the 20 accounts, the husband had forgot to change the beneficiary from his ex-wife to his new wife. Mm -hmm. And if it had just been to the trust and things have been changed in one spot, it would have happened to have been updated in all 20 spots. Or if a financial advisor such as yourself had at any point noticed that he had a trust on one account, it would have opened the conversation about the other accounts. Right. And so that's where your knowledge really brings a lot to the table for clients as well, because seeing the trust's existence opens a lot up for clients. Yeah, exactly. Good. Well, it sounds like we all need to review our estate planning. Yes. And we talked earlier about some different things to, to go through. What should people be looking at when they're reviewing their estate planning? Sure. So first, uh, you should be reviewing your estate plan every time there is a birth, death, marriage, divorce, Mm -hmm. or minimally every five years. Gotcha. And so that reviewed isn't necessarily sitting down with your attorney to pay them money to walk you through everything. That review is simply you looking at it and saying, oh, I forgot that I named my brother-in-law as my financial power of attorney successor and my sister got divorced. So maybe we need to change that. Mm -hmm. So that's a big part of it. Making sure that the people you've named as agents, whether that is under the power of attorney for health, finance, your trustees under the trust, the personal representatives under the will, that those are still people that are part of your 
your life Mm -hmm. and that those are still appropriate roles for them to play, then you would also be reviewing your beneficiary wishes. If you're looking at equal shares to your children as your standard when they were younger, but now that they're a little bit older, you want to add grandchildren or start giving specific gifts of personal property Mm -hmm. as we're getting into those retirement ages where you didn't think about that when you were in your 20s and 30s. Those are the biggest changes that clients go through and making sure that the right people are in those positions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're 30 years old, you get together your first will or estate plan, you you got grandma's old grandfather clock sitting there, and you're thinking, ah, who cares? But then you become the grandma, and mm-hmm. you start thinking, well, who's going to take this this kind of stuff on down in, in line? It's good to, to add that in. Right. And the stuff is where a lot of clients' children start fighting. There's yeah. only one grandfather clock. Mm-hmm. And so by making your own wishes clear, you are helping avoid those conflicts when you're gone. Yeah, and that's tough. And that's uh, that's one reason people are avoiding estate planning. We've got a few people I'm thinking of right now where maybe it's a second marriage and just the thoughts of, okay, we have to decide what this is going to be. It seems as if maybe they're avoiding that that situation or you got people that own real estate together you know the family cabin okay well which of the 17 grandkids is going to get it well uh you don't want to deal with that right now well mm-hmm. someone's gonna have to deal with it and the sooner the better and as soon as you get on on, on paper it's more likely to be uh, less of a hassle right it, absolutely people are, are trying to kick the can down and not have to make these mm-hmm. difficult decisions but what a lot of people don't realize is if you don't handle that during your life it's not as if nothing happens and the oh, problem yeah. goes away mm-hmm. uh, the state of wisconsin has defaults what happens if you die and didn't make a plan and that is called intestacy dying without a will without a plan and If you aren't happy with that, then your family is going to be left with that problem. And even if you are happy with the defaults, your family is going to have to probate and pay a lawyer to guide them through that process, which is slow, expensive, and it's all public record. Yeah, you got it. A lot easier and more cost effective to pay a lawyer ahead of time to do the project of estate planning than to maybe get billed by the hour of who knows how long it's going to take. Right. And that's absolutely true. Being preventative and putting your plan in place in advance is much, much more cost effective than going through the probate process and just throwing caution to the wind. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think it's about time for us to, to wrap up. We've we've talked about basic estate planning, all kinds of different reasons that people need to be looking at estate planning and some education on what uh, that actually means and the documents and things like that. Maybe if you could end just by saying, saying well, what is what is a typical cost if it is in probate, if someone were to engage a lawyer through probate, because you have to go through there? And what's a typical cost if someone does it ahead of time through just uh, estate planning packages ahead of time? Probate attorneys in the state of Wisconsin, an average fee is going to be three to 5% of the value of an estate. Mm-hmm. So if you have a modest estate of $100,000, uh, you could be looking at 
three to five percent of that three to five thousand dollars for that probate Uh, of course every lawyer is going to charge things differently they could do it as a flat fee they could do it as hourly and so there's going to be some variation there but three to five percent is an average gotcha when it comes to estate planning there are again attorneys who are going to charge by the hour there are attorneys who are going to charge project fees and for that same reason there's a huge spectrum of cost Mm -hmm. as for an average you're probably going to be looking at two to four thousand dollars as an average for most clients depending on how complicated their personal situation is blended families are more complicated than your standard nuclear family and things of that nature definitely good yeah i think that two to four thousand is a range that i've seen uh with a lot of different attorneys and one of the reasons why i wanted to bring you on the show is I find that you're very educational. A lot of people very much like you, and you happen to charge a little bit less than the averages, which is which is not a bad situation. Yes, uh, we have purposely <laughs> priced our estate planning projects at a rate that's so reasonable. We feel every family deserves to have the best type of estate plan, regardless of the size of their estate, and so we are below average to provide that high quality service mm-hmm. for even moderate estates. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And I'm not going to have you actually say what the price is because hopefully people are listening to this months, years, 10 years from now. And I imagine it'll be a little different uh, if you happen to listen to this and it's not in fall of 2021. But what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Uh, You can contact me through Jeremy and he will make our introduction. Otherwise, you can contact me at my phone. 262-387-0706 or my website you'll be able to submit a contact us form get my card things of that nature yep absolutely and we'll have that website uh, in all the show notes and some different things you have in there you've got some articles about what's basic estate planning what's advanced estate planning just information about yourself and your firm that's on there so i think people enjoy learning more if they enjoy listening to the some great explanations of why people should be reviewing their state plans, why they should be trying to avoid uh, costly, time-intensive probate issues, not for them, but for somebody else. Right. I, I told um, some clients the other day, I said they were going through and getting the estate planning done uh, through you and said, okay, it's going to cost you a little bit of money, but it's going to save your kids a whole lot of time and hassle. I think they owe you dinner. So I think <laughs> that that's maybe what people ought to do is go, go get the estate planning done, tell your kids that you've done it, and then make them buy you dinner next time. <laughs> yep, absolutely. It's a wonderful gift for your family. Yeah, exactly. Good. Well, thanks for coming on, uh, Bethany. Anything, any final things that we need to uh, cover that we hadn't? No, I think that this was wonderful and really thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Bethany, for coming on and telling us all about estate planning. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. 
The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.